Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. Hey guys, just got another question from GetMyGrillOn at AOL.com. It says, from one barbecue lover to another, there's nothing like a great grill on a beautiful day. And don't get me started on the toppings, ketchup, mayo, pickles, onions, and the occasional tomato. The list goes on. The only problem, I just don't have enough space to doctor up my burger the way I want. Any tips? No problem, amigo. Step one, grab your favorite condiments. Step two, grab a muffin tin. Step three, go to town and fill it up. Boom, baby, and send. Guys, it doesn't feel like we've been in this meeting for a long time. All right, well, that is the plan tonight, to make sure that we are in this meeting for a long time. No, I'm just kidding. I, I am excited to be here. I'm Pastor Chris. I'm the West Location Pastor, and uh, we are in this Life Hacks series, and we've been walking it out the last couple of weeks, and I have enjoyed it. I've been learning a lot, and I hopefully you have uh, been engaging some of the different things that have been taking place. What I do know is that Pastor Steve, our prison location pastor, did a great job last week talking about obedience and, and what it means to, to live in obedience to God. And I just think that was awesome that, that we had that opportunity to hear from him as he leads the guys at RCMU. So we're going to dive in today, and, and one of them has to do with the reality of time. And for me, uh, that could not be more obvious. Uh, I, in T-minus 10 days, uh, I have a 15-year-old in my house, and I don't know how that happened. It's crazy, and it kind of freaks me out a little bit. But what I do know is that at this time, just about now, uh, 15 years ago, I was at a staff meeting, and uh, usually I was on this, this staff at a church, and we would go out to eat for our meetings. And one of the things I know is that it wasn't, it wasn't unnatural for us to go someplace outside of town. And so that day, we had picked to go to Albert Lee for lunch. And uh, we're at Albert Lee, and we're at the truck stop there, and I am in the middle of my meal, and all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And uh, I pick up, and I'm like, it's my wife. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, it's time. I'm like, what do you mean it's time? She's like, it's time. I'm like, time to go to the hospital? And I shared with her that I was in Albert Lee. And, and much to my surprise, she was not all that excited about me being in Albert Lee 20 <laughs> minutes away. I don't know where that came from. So I created urgency in her life that day. I know it was a rookie move, right? So just a tip, learn from me, guys. If your wife is expecting on that day, don't leave town. Just stay close. It's all good. 
And so just, you know, words to live by that help you out, that, that should have helped me out. I should have been smarter than that at the time. But it was a good lunch that day up until that point. <laughs> I want to share a quote with you. We live in the constant tension between the urgent and the important by Charles Hummel. We live in the constant tension between the urgent and the important. And I think none of us, if, if we're honest, really like the idea of living in tension. Uh, when we talk about tension, we're like, okay, how, how can I release this tension? How can I get rid of it right now? What steps do I need to take? And I think that's where this life hack comes in. Just we have the opportunity right now to, to dive into a life hack, to talk about time, to say, okay, if there is tension in my life, what does it have to do? Does it have to do with time? And what is, what is that next best step? And so I think we have to determine some things. We must take time to determine what is important or it will be determined for you in the urgent. I think we all have to make choices each and every day about what things are important to us and what are those things that we want to see play out more and more in our lives. Uh, there are a lot of things that determine for us. And, and, and one of the things that I love doing more than about anything is riding my mountain bike. And I like getting on the mountain bike and whether it's some of the places around Rapid City or in the Black Hills. And all of us would agree that safety is important, right? We would say that, yes, if you're riding a bike, safety is important. And you can say, listen, I, you've seen me maybe around town. I don't always wear a helmet, which probably isn't always the brightest idea. But, but if, if I get to where I'm going and get back home, I'm good. And, and it's important to be safe. But the urgency is kind of ramped up in that regard if I go out for a bike ride and I crash. And I wish that I would have been more urgent to put my helmet on at that time. And I think we all have moments like that where we're like, ah, it's going to be fine. Everything will go well. And if it goes well, we're like, all right, that's super. That was, that was, there's no urgency there at all. But if something takes place, that urgency is ramped up. And so we talk about that in regards to different times of our life. So one of the things I think this is important is that the urgent and important matter because time matters. Time is important. We only have a certain amount of time, right? Like, there are only a certain amount of moments and certain amount of times in a day that we can even engage everything. But one of the things I know is that we can't just live in the urgent, and we can't just live in the important, and there's the balance that takes place there. Because time matters, and the things that we do with our time matter, and so we have to ask certain questions, and we have to engage certain things that are important for us. So what we do with our time matters. So, so what matters to you with time? So the question that I've been asking for myself lately is, is how I'm spending my time reflecting what I want my time to say about me? Is how I'm spending my time reflecting what I want? And listen, I have had a lot of conversations over the course of, of years of ministry. Somebody will sit down next to me and say, Liz, I don't know where the time went. I mean, for me alone, I have a 15-year-old. I don't even know where the time went on that one. But maybe for you, you've said this, man, I wasted so much time today. I'm so frustrated with myself. Time got away from me. Uh, man, I meant, this is, this is our day and age right now, right? I meant to call you back, but I just lost track of time. And I think we have those conversations all the time. No pun intended. But one of the questions that I ask myself in this is how I'm, I'm consistently asking myself, how am I spending my time? And one of the ways that I love to spend my time is by watching college football. Go Hawkeyes, right around the corner, fall is almost here. I'm excited. I know I just alienated a lot of you by saying go Hawkeyes. I'm okay with that. But one of the questions that I want to show you is, is do you know what this is? 
right here. Maybe you've watched college football, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And maybe some of you are like, why would they hold up? Don't they play with a ball on a field? Why is there a sign with Superman and Batman? You got a little bridge over troubled water here. And so this represents something. If you watch college football and pay attention at all, this helps the plays be called onto the field. Like during a game, there's only a certain amount of time during offense and defense that they have to execute specifically what they want to happen on the field. So this guy right here is not on the field. So his important job is to hold up the sign to make sure that they can identify what play needs to be called. So I thought about that, and I thought, that's a great idea. Because for us, if we're going to ask questions about life and what we do with time, we're only given a certain amount of time in our life. What if, what if you had a board? And here, check this out. And we have a lot of options, right? And, and trust me, I know that you could probably add two or three things, maybe 17. I, that's just a random number. But maybe your board right now is represented by money, family, uh, going to church, and then the biggest boat that you can find, right? That's a, that, that's a pretty fantastic boat. That some of you would be like, uh, I've got my little aluminum boat. I could catch a lot more fish with that. Anyway, but then you have other things that, that represent your life that maybe in this season aren't making it on the board. And you've got cycling. Uh, you've got maybe like to spend a lot of time gaming. Uh, definitely want to have work on there and taking your kids to sports and watching them play. And what I know is that throughout the course of our life, sometimes these things shift. Sometimes these things shift on our board. And sometimes we really like what's on our board, and sometimes we don't like it at all. And we're like, oh, man, I know I'm spending too much time doing this, or I know that I'm focusing too much on that, and I need to shift these up, and I need to get this here. And sometimes we get irritated at ourselves. We, we have the ability to shift it, but we keep running the same thing on our board and expecting different results. So what does it mean? Because we're only given a certain amount of time to do the things that we do. So I think we have to really begin to ask ourselves, are we using our time to focus on what's most important or what matters most? Are we using our time to do that? Because I think that's the ultimate question that we have to ask ourselves. What am I really spending my time on? And so to do that, I think we have to look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus, you know, consistently does the same things over and over that, that, that put into our life the ability to have a pattern and the ability to speak to us through his actions. And, like, if you looked at Jesus' board, maybe, we would have the kingdom, we would have people, we would have prayer, and we would have leading. And none of those, none of those change. Jesus is consistent, and that's one of the reasons, just one of the reasons that I love basing things off of his life. And he has a conversation in John chapter 4 that we're going to look at tonight. He has a conversation with a lady at the well that brings us to a place of really looking at our time and beginning to engage the different things that are going on in our life. So let's take a look at John chapter 4 here. He, being Jesus, had to go through Samaria on the way, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, being tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time, and because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. 
Okay, a couple of things about the backstory of this situation. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They didn't like each other. Jews did not have a great view of Samaritans. They went out of their way to avoid each other. They viewed them as lesser individuals, and Jews thought Samaritans were just kind of riding on their coattails, and it was not a good situation because more, more times than not, Jewish people went around Samaria, even though it took longer and it was, it was just a crazier trip. But that's not Jesus. And so one of the things that we see as we engage the story is that Jesus goes through Samaria. Jews didn't. One of the things we also see is that Jesus talked to a woman. And not just a woman, he talked to a Samaritan woman, which would have been crazy because they would have been at the well at noontime. And that would have just been just so unbelievable to her. And so because it's unbelievable, Jesus begins to break down this wall that, that opens up into this woman's life that we're going to discuss and clears the way for them to have the opportunity to really get to the heart of the issue. Because I think we, we have those all the time, right? We have pressures with dealing with people. We wonder what people might be thinking. So one of the things that I want to ask, pursuing the urgent focuses on pressures over people. While the flip side of that is pursuing what's important focuses on people over pressures. We all have those moments, right? We all have those moments and those times where, where pressures are intense and we miss things. Or if we just focus on people, man, sometimes people may engage us and say, what are you doing? Why are you having a conversation? But it broke down the opportunity for them to have a talk. And so we're going to continue on in the story. Let's take a look. Going on in John chapter 4, it says, Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't ever have to get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. I mean, how amazing would that be? Gushing fountains of endless life. That would be like the best tagline ever for like smart water, right? And we, we would all go buy that right after we got done. We're like, I want gushing waters of endless life. We don't even know what it means, but it would be phenomenal. What I do know is that it talks that the woman came in the middle of the day to the well. Listen, ain't nobody go to the well in the middle of the day. This was one of those things that she was there for a reason and a purpose, and it, it probably revolved as we'll find here in a little bit, that, that she didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to be noticed. And she, she was living in a state of urgency, going to the well in the middle of the day. And she was missing what Jesus was saying. She didn't want her life to be marked by the well in the middle of the day. She wanted her life to be marked by what she saw other people doing. Because ultimately, if she's coming to the well in the middle of the day, she's missing some serious things that she could be doing. But she's working this process of trying to not be seen so that she doesn't have to talk or have a conversation with anybody. And that's crazy. Because there's something that's really cool, though, about Jesus. Jesus knows what's going on in her life. And so he doesn't give her the third degree for coming to the well at the middle of the day. He knows there's something more that he wants to say to her. And so as we read on, he said, go call your husband and then come back. And she says, I have no husband. She, that's nicely put, Jesus said, I have no husband. 
You have had five husbands, and the man you're living with right now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. I want to ask you a question. What would it be like if you were in this place? If you were in the place of this woman at the well right now, and Jesus just dropped that information on you. You thought you were being cautious. You didn't think anybody knew anything about your life or what was going on. And then Jesus just lets you know everything that you've been doing lately. Here's what I know about that question. Her urgency is our urgency. Because we've come to a place where people and pressures and tension and life can just grab a hold of us and put us in a place of really missing what time is about and what things are important. And it's dangerous if we're not willing to ask the question and to engage what's going on. We're going to miss out specifically on what Jesus might have for us. Let's go on. I love this. If we go on in, in John. The woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, come and see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. I think this is such an awesome opportunity because one of the things I know is he brought clarity to her life. He brought clarity to what was going on in her life. Here's what I know. And here's what I know about clarity. Pursuing what's urgent pulls us in many directions. Pursuing what's urgent pulls us in many directions. Listen, none of us are that good. None of us are that good in that urgency, in that reality. One of the things that urgency does is it forces us to have conversations that maybe we've never had before. Do you think there could have been conversations when she went back into the village and she was like, come meet somebody that told me everything I've ever done. And there might have been people in the crowd that says, yeah, we, we know everything you've ever done. Or maybe on the flip side, there was like, listen, 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 hold on, hold on. You said you were never going to tell anybody about that. Urgency puts us in a place like this. It pulls us in many directions. And listen, none of us are that good when it comes to directions. We get spread thin. We find ourselves in a place that's dangerous because we operate and it makes us ineffective if we're getting pulled in all those different ways. And because of the time and pressure it takes to operate in the urgent, a couple things happen. I believe that, that we can lose, we can just lose the reality of the, of the influence that we have with the people that we have. I think it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want... I don't want to lose influence with those people that are around me. Man, I love them. I don't want to disappoint them. I think sometimes when we're pulled in many directions, it also gives us a, a false perspective about what really can take place. It gives us a false perspective about what can take place in our lives. And, and ultimately, the scariest thing is I believe that we can lose some character. And that is so hard to get back if our character gets pulled away from us. This puts us in a place where you get pulled and you get pulled and you get pulled and it gets harder and harder to move in those directions and it, then it binds us. And that's a dangerous place to be. So on the flip side of that, 
pursuing what's important pushes us to a single focus. I love where I'm at when I'm operating in a single focus. Because I'm getting pushed and being stretched and, and put in a place where, where I'm focused and I can really hone in on what is going in my life. Have you ever had those moments where you really are, are focused and you're, you're diving in and you're getting stuff done and you feel like you are in a zone and you're like, wow, this, how did I get here? I don't know, but let's never leave. It doesn't mean that there aren't urgent things. It doesn't mean that urgent things don't happen, but, but you have developed things and developed conversations and accountability that have said, listen, if you feel like you're getting pulled back into that urgent state, you're able to say, okay, hold up. How do I need to change this? What do I need to do to get back into the place where I'm willing to operate in a single focus, where I'm willing to operate in the ability to get the things done that I need to get done that focuses on my board, that focuses on the things that I've determined are important and the things that I'm working towards. I think it's so essential. And so what I do know is how do we do that? How do we get challenged to have those conversations? And I think Colossians 3, 2 gives us a really great opportunity. Colossians 3, 2, this verse has been really challenging to me because so many times if we're driven and we're focused and we're missing things, we're just looking ahead. And this verse challenges me to look up. It says, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Look up and be alert. If I'm going to have a single focus, I need to make sure my attention is where I want my attention to be. And as a follower of Jesus, I want my attention to be on Christ and what Christ has for me. Because that's where the action is. As a follower of Jesus, I want my board to rally around what Jesus would call me to and what he would challenge me with. And so I had a conversation not, not long ago with one of my friends. And uh, he was sharing about how his schedule was just up and down. And he was getting rattled by not having the time he wanted for certain things. And he, he shared with me, he goes, I listened to something that, that really brought this to my attention. And it was crazy. He goes, I looked at my calendar. And there was, there was a lunch. There was a meeting. There was supper. There was this. And I said, I looked at my calendar. I said, where's God in my calendar? He goes, I know that that should be something that should be a part of what I do, but I haven't put it on there. And so he tried the experiment of putting God on his calendar. And so he was like, all right, let's do this. And he said it worked. As a, he would just look at the start of his day because he was driven by that, and he would look at his calendar and say, okay, this is what I want. This is what I see. And it would consistently get in there. And so we had a conversation a couple weeks later. He's like, it's not going the way that I want to, but it's getting better. I say like those pressures that, that pull us and try to grab our attention to, to be ineffective and to be so spread out are dangerous. But he said, that gives me a single focus to make sure that I give Christ my first and my front part of my day. But one of the verses that challenges me most, I think, is this one out of Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible because for me as a dad and some of the things I've gone through, it's been some of the most challenging things to, to run everything through the lens of this verse. The ability to look at, at this verse and say, 
all right, am I numbering my days right? Am I making every day count? Am I giving the best of my time to the things that I want to be given to? Because if I do, I'm going to gain a heart of wisdom. I'm going to gain a perspective of what Christ's focus is in my life. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way. How do you run things through the lens of, of numbering your days so that they're right where you want them to be in regards to your time and making important what's important? There is a quote that uh, here just a couple months ago was super challenging to me. And it says, you will not passively find what you do not actively pursue. You will not passively find what you do not actively pursue by Tim Cooper. He's a pastor that, that I've gotten to know. And this verse challenges me for a lot of reasons. Or this quote challenges me for a lot of reasons. Because if I'm honest, there have been a lot of times in my life as a husband, as a dad, as a guy, where being passive is something that I've allowed to creep in to what I do and who I am. But the challenge is, if I want to find some things about what is important in my life and the time that I want to make essential, that I've got to be active. And this is something that I continually regularly look at because it's essential for me. And I don't think it's just essential for me. Um, for those of us on staff, for you, I think if we're, if we're willing to, to say there have been moments that we've all been more passive than we want to be. Whether we didn't set some things in motion or say the right thing at the right time. But this verse takes us into some questions I want to ask you. I think it covers a broad range. Like if, if I'm a Christian, am I spending time with God? Am I spending time in his word? Am I asking those tough questions of are my actions and my words matching up? Am I willing to walk out what it means to serve? Am I willing to walk out what it means to be real? Am I spending time growing in a relationship that I say is important? If I'm a husband, am I loving my, my wife? Am I giving her my time and attention? Am I praying for her and asking God to bless her and to use her? Am I serving her? Am I listening to her? I think those are, those are vital questions. If I go to work, am I giving my best to work? Do I know how to say no? Do I know what boundaries and guardrails need to take place at work? Am I leaving work at work? Am I giving my best every time I'm there? If I'm a student, and this is one of the ones with my, my girls growing up the way they are, this is what I'm asking on a consistent basis. And I talked to them as we drive to school. I said, as a student, be a good friend, be a good listener do your best and be a light for Christ and are you earning it when you have the opportunity in the moments are you earning what's in front of you and then if you're a son or a daughter man are you lifting up your mom or dad as a parent are you praying for your kids are you listening to them are you showing them what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus are you encouraging them are you spending time developing the things that you want to see developed in their lives? Because I think we can run that down the gamut, and I think it's essential for us if we're going to walk out this life hack of time and making important what's important, we have to be willing to ask the questions about the different areas of our life. And we can't be passive about it anymore. We've got to be willing to be active, and we've got to actively pursue it. Because what I know is when we actively pursue something, Man, 
it's exciting, and we get excited about it. And man, if, if I'm actively pursuing something, there are things that, that, that just well up inside me that, that spur me on to do that. And I want to encourage you, because it would be easy, I think, to, to walk out of here and be like, well, that's a good list, and those are some good questions. But I believe that, that we all have room to take a step and to say, I'm willing to walk this out, I'm willing to engage this, and I'm willing to do something about this because I believe it will make a difference, because I believe our time matters. And so as we talk about this and as we get ready to close, I want to encourage you. Maybe this is something that that if you're taking notes right now, you're like, you're writing down the things that are on your board and do they match up with what you want? Or maybe you've already got a board and you've been walking that out and you've been actively pursuing specifically what's been going on and you feel really good about it. But whatever the case is, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to at least have the conversation maybe with your spouse or maybe with your kids because they can tell you right away what things are important to you. And I'll be honest, the hardest thing is hearing those things that you did not think were real. Like if you ever look at your kids and go, hey, what do you think is important to dad or mom? Hey, does dad spend a lot of time on Facebook? Man, that one can hurt, right? And we have those moments that, that if we're willing to have a conversation I believe amazing things can come out of those conversations that spur us to seek out a single focus and allow God to do some cool things. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I just thank you so much for this time, for this story coming out of John that that gives us the opportunity to engage a story about Jesus knowing everything about us of being known and loved by Jesus, even though everything was out on the table. But it wasn't that that she was just known. She went and she helped share what God was doing in her life. God, help us that when we know we're known and loved, when we discover what things are important to us, that we share about those things and that we we live them out as we pursue them and we see you do cool things in our life. Help us to keep our focus and our attention up looking at you because, because Jesus, you're where the action is. Because you love us, you care about us, and you want the best for us. I love you, God, and I thank you so much for each and every one of us as we walk this out, as we engage it. Help us to leave here desiring to actively pursue what it is you have for us in our lives as we walk out this life hack of time. We love you, God, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen.